Aloha. <laughs> welcome, everyone. I'd like to welcome all of you from uh, wherever you might be chiming in to our Church College of Hawaii, BYU Hawaii Alumni Podcast. We have a couple of wonderful guests uh, for us today and looking forward to hearing from them and learning about uh, what they're doing and and about their family a little bit and what they've been up to in the last several years. But uh, before we do that, we have just a couple of announcements to go through. First of all, we'd like to thank again to uh, Terry and Joanne Moyai for uh, joining us last week and last week's uh, podcast. And we're so grateful to have them uh, last week and talk about some of the successes and things that they went through uh, with uh, their careers and their families and so forth. Also want to thank uh, Liz Rago for the opportunity that we had with her doing our Mentoring Monday uh, podcast last week. Uh, a couple of announcements. Again, we like to just also encourage our alumni, friends of alumni and our students to go into uh, Ohana Network and to be able to create your profile. As you can see on the bottom there, uh, ohana.byuh.edu to make sure you go in there and create or update your profile. So that way you'll receive information from us, our, our e-newsletter, as well as other announcements from the university, just to let you know what's going on uh, here at BYU Hawaii. Uh, upcoming events, uh, next week um, we will have from March uh, 2nd, 3rd and 4th, we will have our annual um, Asia Pacific Career Conference event here on campus. This is an opportunity for many of our welfare self-reliance managers that are able to come and uh, talk to students from their various countries. Also employers that will be coming uh, from our domestic areas and a few of our international areas that will come and join us, talk to our students about opportunities for internships or prepare them to look at uh, employment opportunities um, after school here. We'll also have some uh, universities that will be here representing their institutions to talk to our students about graduate school and other opportunities to continue their schooling afterwards. So again, that's next week, uh, March 2nd to the 4th, uh, for um, our students and those that are um, having the time to come and visit with our guests. Okay, without any further ado, we'd like to uh, introduce and welcome our guests for our podcast today. Um, we'd like to welcome uh, Adrina and Brooke Parker. Let's see, do we have them come on board? Aloha, Parkers. Aloha. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thank you for Thank having you. me. Thank you. Thank you so much for uh, making time to be with us. And, uh, you know, it's always been a pleasure for us to invite back many of our alumni, yeah, to come and talk and uh, be able to share their, um, their experience, what they've been up to, and, you know, advice as well to our students on what they should be doing and thinking. Uh, as they head off to the world, so to speak, after they are done with their educational experience here at BYU-Hawaii. So, you know, it's probably been a while, uh, Brooke and Andrina, since some of the folks out in our audience seen you guys. So I want to give you guys a couple minutes to introduce yourselves and, uh, you know, we'll start there and then uh, we'll move into uh, uh, some awesome photos and things that you guys are shared with us that we can talk about, okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
Aloha. Um, my name is Drina Jo Kaokoko Ipuhaya Punina Moku Parker. Um, Brooke and I have been married for this year will be 32 years. Uh, we have five children and I think um, there's some slides that we'll kind of talk about the slides. Um, I am uh, born and raised, well, born here, but not raised here. I was raised in Papakoleo. Um, my dad is Dwayne Kalani and my mother is Regina Stant. So those of you who know the Stants from Laie, that's my Omana, that's my mom's family. Um, I moved to Phoenix when I was 11 years old. My parents uh, were very divorced. So my dad was on his third wife and my mom on her third husband by the time I hit age 11. So I moved to Phoenix, Arizona um, and I went to high school and I got a a Fulbright scholarship to play at Weber State. And then when Brooke and I met and we we were courting, I came back to Hawaii. So that's how I got back here. Anyway, um, and so Brooke and I have been married, like I said, for um, 32 years this year. Um, our children, we have five of them. All of them have served uh, missions. Brooke and I served. He, I'll show the slide later. Oh, uh, I served in Kobe, Japan, and um, our children served in yeah. other places. We'll see. We'll see the and we'll later. see the slide later. But um, this one, this one, thank you for having me, and it's nice to meet all of you. Aloha, my name is Brooke. I was uh, born, raised on Oahu, on the Windward side of Kahalu Kaneohe. I have. Uh, we'll see a little later in the slides. I come from a family of. Uh, six boys, uh, mom and dad active in the church. I'll share a little bit about that later. How I got to BYU Hawaii, I was fortunate to have the, to receive the state president scholarship out of Castle High School in 1979. And that introduced me to BYU and the dorms, uh, Holly Tree. My first and only roommate was Arapatameha from New Zealand. And uh, we're still friends today. And I got a lot to meet a lot of really, really neat people, but uh, Right now, we can go with the slideshow. Uh, Eddie, you can show the first slide. Uh, okay. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thank, as you we have thank you for introducing yourselves. Uh, before we move forward, um, Drina and Brooke, you already see some comments there on the, on the right side. I want to thank you guys for uh, ch uh, ch chiming in. We already see some people from Samoa and Utah and California saying hello to you. So that that's awesome. We've got some people here to... Uh, uh, view and be able to listen to our podcast. So as part of our podcast, we've always asked our guests to share with us what they think the theme should be. So uh, Brooke, you guys uh, chose honoring our ancestors through art. So I'm going to have you start by go ahead and uh, talk about that. Yeah, I grew up in a home. Uh, Mom and dad uh, were very active in the gospel, but my dad was a big uh, family history buff. Uh, as well as a, uh, hmm, he was an artist, but dad worked for HND. Mom was a stay-at-home mom, and uh, we can go through the slideshows right now. I'll, okay. I'll work up to that slide. Okay. The first slide is this is our little family. We have two grandchildren. Uh, my daughter Kiala is the is the mom of our two grandbabies. Uh, she married Shione uh, Lavu Lavu, son of um, Tavita and Mele. Funaki Lavo Lavo of Haula and the rest of our children. This is in uh, Provo Canyon uh, last year. We, we took we go to the mainland a lot because we miss our grandchildren. 
You go to the next slide. Okay. Uh, this is our children. We give them all family names. And so that's another family history thing, our, our ancestors. So each one of my children carry a name of their ancestor. That was important to me. Uh, and Drina, as they came along. Uh, next slide. Okay. We did our best to raise our children in the gospel when they were very little. Uh, we very important that they had their own personal relationship with Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. For example, we'd be going home. We live in Kalihi Valley. It's raining. We'll tell one of the girls in the back seat, please pray and ask Heavenly Father to stop the rain so we won't get wet going all the way up the stairs. And by golly, we get home, the rain stops, and we acknowledge the little three-year-old, the four-year-old. I said, Heavenly Father heard your prayer. Thank you for your faith. And so little experiences like that as they were little, and when it came time to serve missions, they chose to serve. Uh, we set an example. I served in South Dakota. Uh, one of my mission, well, the famous mission alumni from South Dakota is Elder Vice Sikahama. And we're still friends today. He's, uh, oh, that's he's a good, wonderful man, and the Lord knows that now he can bless the entire planet with all of his talents. And so we still uh, keep in touch today. Drina served in Kobe, Japan, and each one of my children were able to serve. Uh, uh, we have a brother from the Philippines here. My daughter served in Baguio. And so they learn life lessons, but more importantly, how Heavenly Father loves them and loves all of his children, no matter where they served or where they were. They, and they, they knew the spirit converts. But for them to be able to share that testimony and, um, and be a missionary and wear that name tag was uh, special for them. And we're grateful and thankful for that. Uh, next slide. So how many languages do you guys speak in your home? Oh, uh, I speak English and Japanese. Yeah. Um, the kids were all proficient in Hawaiian before they left. Okay. And then when they went to, like, Kala, when she went to Baguio, she doesn't remember the Hawaiian. She remembers most of the Tagalog. Kunyahi uh, speaks Spanish. And our youngest daughter, our twin daughter, she speaks Spanish also. So about four languages, yeah? Four or five I languages. Speak, I speak a little Lakota. I was learned how to speak Lakota when I was with the uh, my brothers and sisters on the reservation. So, so five and a half languages, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could probably That's get a on the reservation that's about it so oh, yeah. that'd be an interesting uh, dinner conversation with all the languages you guys speak in the house yeah yeah and so, this is my immediate family this is my brothers and um my dad and mom and like i previously shared dad uh he drove a cement truck for hcnd but he had a lot of hobbies one of it was family history and so we learned uh very early and my dad was well read so we had a big library growing up in my house we had church books we had Hawaiian history books. We had a lot of art books. And so when I go visit my friend's house, I would always be curious. Oh, can I see you guys' library? He said, brother, we don't know a library. What are you talking about? I thought everybody had a library. Uh, but I became infatuated with the Hawaiian history and the ancestors. And so I made a chart uh, of one of the lines of our ancestors. And I keep this when we sell our art in different booths because I've had people come up to me and ask me this question. How do you feel making money off the ancestors? And I said, well, I look at it this way. If I had a great-grandson taking care of my great-grandchildren by painting my pictures and keeping my name and memory alive, I'd be happy. Why not me? I love them, and I know they love me. Mm -hmm. How do you take care of your family? You know? And so 
that usually uh, squashes that. And then I end the conversation. Uh, have a nice day. Take your dark cloud with you as you leave. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Yeah. As Elder Bednar says, getting um, offended is a choice. We can also always choose something else. So, yeah. Right, right. That's a good point. <laughs> okay. So, next slide. My holy site or my my white ancestor site comes from Newton, Massachusetts. Wow. He settled Hawaii in the early 1800s. He started the ranch in Waimea. And over the years, uh, well, he married, he shot all the wild cattle for the whalers that used to come in. And he made good friends. He became an trusted advisor to Kamehameha the Great. He ended up marrying one of his granddaughters and started the ranch. But unfortunately, the Parkers today have been cut out of the will back in the 1800s, and I cannot um, give anybody loans today on, on that Parker Ranch. So, yeah. Next slide. Okay. Uh, good to know. Good to know the history. The first member of the church in our family was my great-grandma, Sarah Koa Waiala Ali Spencer, and that's her picture up on the top. She was a personal friend of Joseph F. Smith, Hiram's son, that served four missions in Hawaii. Some of her children were given a name and a blessing in church by President Smith. But unfortunately, she passed away when she was only 50 years old, leaving behind 18 children. And so a lot of her children went less active because her husband uh, joined the church but was not really active in the church. And so my grandfather, Arthur, became less active. But uh, next slide. I wanted to have Drina uh, share this one. This is part of her ancestors. Wow. This is Drina's great-grandfather, David Kalani Sr. He was very active on the Big Island, one of the pioneers there. This is a picture of him escorting Elder David Omake to the top of Honomu Falls uh, in Honomu, Akaka Falls in Honomu. That's on the Big Island, just north of Hilo. And so this is the mission president and some of the other brethren from uh, Salt Lake. And this is another picture, of course, of uh, President David Omake later on in his life. And you know, without a doubt, he's in Hawaii. Because nowhere else on the planet are you going to get ladies looking like that. Just beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Okay, oh, it's a wonderful time. picture. It's so nice. All right. Let's see. Okay, this slide is of my grandfather and President Heber J. Grant on June 30th, 1935, here in Honolulu at the old Kalihi Chapel site, which the Oahu stake was organized by President Grant and the Brethren, the first stake formed outside of Utah in the church. And the story goes, as they were organizing the new stake presidency, my grandfather was called as second counselor. And he's sitting in the meeting and he hears his name called Arthur Parker. And he said, that's amazing. Somebody else by the name of Arthur Parker is in the, because wow. nobody interviewed him for the calling. And so they named, they said his name again. He didn't move. He just was looking around. President Grant got off his chair. He said, brother Parker, pointed to my grandfather. He said, you're holding up my meeting. Get on the stand right now. <laughs> And so grandfather came up, and this is a picture of them. And you can see all the beautiful Kolohala ladies that the members gave them, the feather hat ladies from the members wow. because of their love for, for the brethren and their wives. And my grandfather, uh, next slide, okay. served in this capacity with some pretty um, famous names in Hawaii. You got President Ralph E. Woolley, 
who was responsible for the construction of the Hawaii Temple. Yeah. Yes. And then El, El, Edward L. Clissel, Clissel's speech in Lai'i, he was also later on. But these were the first three um, that served on a stake presidency in our old Honolulu stake. And they left a wonderful legacy. If you look at my grandfather's line of authority, as far as his priesthood authority, you'll see these men's name because these were the church leaders at the time. So any old timers in Hawaii in the early 1900s, these names you will see when President Clisso and, and President Woolley. After Grandpa was released uh, from the state presidency after 17 years serving now, we're so thankful that the brethren don't need to serve that long anymore. You know, state presidency is about seven to nine years now, thankfully. Just got released from the state presidency in Honolulu Estate. But later on, he was released and he served as bishop in the Kalihi Ward. And 40, 50 years later, I had the same honor of serving as bishop in the Kalihi Ward. Uh, and so that's where I, I, we ran across you, uh, Eddie. Yeah. Yeah. It was in our stake for a little while when yes. I served on a. Yes. Uh, this is wonderful. I love this picture. I see some familiar uh, brethren that uh, became good friends of mine and learned a lot from all of you. Uh, I know Brother Finau. I heard he recently passed. Is, is, yeah. Is that correct? Yeah, uh, that's correct. His, his funeral will be March 12th at the Honolulu State Center. March oh, 12th. Great. Yeah, Brother Finau's funeral. Nine, nine o'clock is the viewing. But uh, Thank, you. Thank you for I that. I was very fortunate because when I served as bishop, all these guys were still alive. So when they saw me struggling, they'd bend my ear a little bit. Come here. <laughs> Let me help you. Yeah. Don't get discouraged. Same thing happened to me. This is how I handle it. And so I'm very, very thankful for all these great men that were like father figures to me to help me be a young bishop. Yeah. Wonderful. Uh, wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. Next slide. So later when Grandpa was released as bishop, he was called as patriarch of the Oahu State. He was the first patriarch to serve in the church of uh, Lamanite ancestry since the Book of Mormon times. But since he was uh, retired from Pearl Harbor, he was a shipwright. The church called upon him to use his talents to build different chapels and also to help with the building of BYU, uh, church college at the time, excuse me. Yeah. So this is a picture of the dorms at Kakela where the ladies' house uh, used to be. This was there before that. Um, LaVon and very good friends of us, Uncle Vanole, Auntie Erlis, but uh, they housed over 150 labor missionaries from across the Pacific. And the story goes really quickly that there was stealing going on in the dormitories and grandpa wasn't happy. Grandma used to cook all the meals for the boys. And so at night before uh, they went to sleep, they always had family prayer. And grandpa told the young man that the Lord is not happy because there's stealing going on in the, in the labor mission. And if that thief uh, was kind enough to return all the stuff that night after grandpa goes to sleep, he'll shut his door just put all the stolen goods in front of his door. When he wakes up in the morning, the thief can remain anonymous and Heavenly Father would be happy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't have to know. Unfortunately, the next morning, Grandpa woke up. There was nothing at his front door. So he fed all the young men breakfast. But before they left to work at BYU, I mean, at church college, he gave this warning. He said, young man, I'm sorry to report that the thief decided not to repent. So whoever you are today, you're going to get hurt. And then we're going to know who the thief is. So 
The boys all went to work at the college. Grandpa stayed back to cut that lawn. He had only had a push mower. Mm -hmm. So he was cutting the grass. 10 a.m., there's a Jeep speeding in from church college. Brother Parker, Brother Parker, Johnny fell off the roof. Where's Johnny right now? Johnny's at Kahuku Hospital. He broke his arm, but he'll be okay. Grandpa says, get the bolt cutters. Johnny's the thief. So they go to the locker. There's a locker room there. They go to Johnny's locker, break the lock, and there is all the stolen goods in Johnny's locker. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but my grandfather, uh, how he ended his ended his mission here on in this earth life, he loved 3rd Nephi chapter 27, where it says that Jesus is with his Nephite 12. He's asking them for the last time, what would he have them do for them? Nine of them asked, Savior, when we finish our work on earth, we want to come back and live with you. And he, he says, okay, when you reach the age of 72, the age of man, you come back with me. Three were quiet. He already knew what they wanted. And so they're still walking around today. Right. Grandpa used to always say, I want that. I want that. On August 24, 1965, they dedicated the brand new Lanakila Chapel, which Grandpa and some of his labor missionaries built. Now, around the island of Oahu, if you look at chapels that are built the same way, chances are a lot of the labor missionaries helped build that. So Laia State Center, uh, Kahala Chapel, um, Halava Building, you know, Wainai, those chapels built like that, Grandpa and his labor missionaries. And so they were there for the dedicatory service. Grandpa was serving as a patriarch. He wasn't scheduled to speak yet. He interrupted Bishop Corpus, who was conducting the meeting. Harold B. Lee was there to dedicate the building, form of the 12. He got up to bear his testimony, and he died without finishing his testimony at the pulpit at Lanakila Chapel. Wow. So they rushed him to St. Francis Hospital, which is right up the street. Doctor said this man was gone before he hit the ground. Grandpa died August 24, 1965. Four days later, August 29th, would have been his 72nd birthday. Grandpa got what he wished. Yes. The Lord took him home a little early. So that's the kind of legacy that uh, that we have as part of the church in our family. Um, we love the gospel. We love the Lord. Yeah. We see his mighty hand in our lives when we're obedient. Nothing's impossible for him. He has a clean hands and pure heart. And especially if you go in his name doing his work, miracles continue to happen even for us today. So we have to remember that. The scriptures say the Lord is the same today, yesterday, and forever. And that's so true. He loves all his children no matter what time of in the earth's existence you lived on the planet. So next slide, please. Well, thank you for sharing that. It's a, you know the, these ancestors, these these families, and the labor missionaries, and they have left us so many good things yes. to build upon. So I'm grateful that you're sharing all these stories. Yes, thank you. And one more, one more thing before I leave, my grandfather, my my father David was born June 13, 1935. Also, stake was organized June 30th, 1935. So since the prophet was still around in town. My dad got a name and a blessing by Heber J. Grant in sacrament meeting as a favor to my grandfather. Wow. My grandfather asked the prophet. He was a little hesitant because he didn't want 200 guys coming up after. <laughs> but daddy's was given that. But anyway, this is my start at BYU. Yeah. Um, next before time. you go into that, Brooke, uh, was there only one stake at that time? Is that what you said? Just one yeah. stake in yeah. the whole island? Yes. Oh, okay. 
And then later on, it split to Pearl Harbor Stick. And then later on, Pearl Harbor Stick. In 1972, I think it was um, Kaneohe Stick. And Kaneohe Stick, I was a small boy, but it also included Guam at that same time. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we had wow. Guam as part of Kaneohe Stick. And then, of course, there's other stakes now. Maui came, Big Island, yeah. Hilo, Kona, Kauai, yeah, and Maui. So, so if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, we have about 14 stakes in the state of Hawaii or something like I that? Think 15 with the BYU one now, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Come a long way. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you. So before I leave BYU, this is this is how it looked like. Next slide. <laughs> uh, this is our uh, Christmas canoe. You recognize a lot of famous uh, PCC employees on that. <laughs> and then the next slide. And then I'll end BYU with this story. Okay. To to uh, really stress after a busy day at work and uh, you know very studious time in the classroom, we had intramural sports uh, played at the old gym. And so this was our canoe boys team. We played volleyball and basketball. And you, you recognize some of these guys, uh, yeah. Willie Vaul, yeah, Shannon uh, Brown, uh, Tia Fal Purcell, uh, Fagoda Tataipu, John DeLeon. Um, <laughs> Away. Yeah, that's all my buddies, that's all my friends. But on one particular evening, we're playing volleyball, and it seemed like the referee was for the other team. So I called the timeout, went up to the referee, and asked him if he could be fair because it's really difficult playing seven guys. There's six plus him. <laughs> went back to play. I did not see the referee get off the stand, came around from behind, and Punched me right in my jaw from behind. And I looked at him, and I was shocked, and I was going to go to wring his neck, and he ran away with his friends. He ran out of the gym. I tried to continue to play, but my jaw started hurting. When I, back, when I went back to my dorm room, I looked in the mirror. I looked like Jay Leno, a comedian. My jaw was huge, so I know he had broken it. The next morning, I jumped on the city bus. I went to the uh, doctor in Honolulu, and he ended up wiring my jaw shut with uh, wire and cable, and I was like that for the next four weeks. Uh, he broke my jaw in two places. So I couldn't work at the canoes anymore. I had to work at the front with the tickets, and I, I became um, kind of bitter because I didn't retaliate. I didn't get a chance, and I was hoping that that gentleman that did that to me would get kicked out of school because I knew he was on a student visa. But what happened, uh, nothing happened to him. BYU faculty said that that was not a sanctioned school event. And so they had no control over that. So I became bitter. Mm -hmm. And um, that left a bad feeling with me um, that lasted for many years. And I remember a couple of weeks later, my dad gets a call from his cousin that lives in Waimanalo is one of my uncles. He said, hey, David, I heard one uh, a Parker got sucker punched in Lai. Is that a member of our family? And now my uncle, he was in, uh, well, lack of a better word, he was in the Hawaiian underworld. Uh, he was with uh, Napi Pulava, mm. uh, Hui Hui, uh, uh, Leota. All those guys were his friends. And so he was a strong arm for a lot of the uh, unions and people that owed money. And he told my dad, he had two guys standing by in Laie. They know who the guy is, and he'll take care of them. He just wants the green light from my dad. 
my dad told him, yes, cuz, that was my son. But that was his fault. He shouldn't have the kind. He said, I love you, cousin, but we're not like that. Please don't do anything to that guy. He said, you should, David. My dad's name is David. They're waiting for my call. He said, please don't. And so I got even more, um, I guess, hard, hard feelings. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up leaving BYU. You can go to the next sign. And I went on my mission to South Dakota. And it was wonderful. I, I learned a lot of things. But I still had that bad feeling of that incident in me. When I returned from my mission, I played in a lot of outside basketball leagues. But I, I didn't like the way I was playing because I never forgot. I made a vow that if anybody broke my jaw again, I would break his jaw. <laughs> so I got to play where I didn't play anymore. I didn't want to play. I just played with my good friends. And, and then so be it. So fast forward, before I met Drina, was... I got home in 83. This was probably in 88. Me and my buddy, Junior Fields, he's 6'6", he's telling me, we go to Aloha Stadium to watch BYU play UH. And unfortunately, once again, we just lose. Uh, Walter Murray drops the ball in the end zone, and BYU beats us one more time. So we're not too happy. The game is over. We're leaving the building, that huge stadium, 50,000, because all of Laie comes out to, to watch that game. And lo and behold, across the crowd, I see the guy that broke my jaw. But I'm not 6'4", 180 pounds anymore. I'm home from my mission. I grew another half inch. I'm in the weight room. I'm 6'5", 240 now. So I look across, and I tell my buddy, I said, that's the guy that broke my jaw. He said, what are you going to do? I said, I need to talk to him. Because I never saw him after that. I never saw him after that incident. Uh -huh. He avoided me in school. I didn't look for him. Because I was told if I was to retaliate, I'd get kicked out of school. So I walked straight to him. His friends leave. He's by the railing on the top of the stadium. And I said, how's it, bro? You remember me? I remember you. And he tells me, yes, elder, I remember you. So he must have saw my kamakis in my white shirt underneath. And I said, uh, I need to ask you a, a favor. And he goes, what is it? I said, I, I need to ask for your forgiveness. But I made you upset so many years ago to cause you to break my jaw. I said, I'm sorry for embarrassing you. Will you forgive me? And he looks at me. He says, oh, Brooke, he knew my name. He said, I was so afraid. When I saw you coming, I thought you were going to throw me over the railing. I said, no. I said, when I woke up this morning, I wasn't thinking about that. But I was praying every day to change. I was asking God to help me change. So I guess he put me to the test. I see you. I said, will you forgive me? He said, please forgive me. I'm so sorry for causing you all that. And we hugged. And I went back to my friend. He goes, brah, what the hell just happened? I thought he was going to throw over. I had your back. And he said, hey, I said, no, it's pow. It's cut. It's done. And so I know forgiveness is hard for a lot of people, but it can be done. And Heavenly Father expects us to forgive everyone if we want to be forgiven when it's our turn standing in front of him. So that's an experience at BYU I shall never forget. 
thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing the lesson behind that story. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Next slide. Okay. As a missionary, I shared my art talents. I didn't start painting till 2009, but I drew. I drew in a lot of guys' scriptures. Guys found out I like to draw, so your cowboys from Arizona wanted me to draw cowboys in there. So I did. I I did the mission president's new wall. You see that wall in the back of the elders? I yes. did a photo with buffaloes and Indians, and that was mission president's. It was split up by the states, so he could do transfers easily. He could see what state. But I, you know, I did that uh, for for my mission president. These scriptures you see, this is Landon Sikahema scriptures. When Vi, Vi got, I drew in Vi, uh, Elder Sikahema's scriptures too. When his <laughs> sons went on their missions, he shipped me their scriptures from Philadelphia. He had me draw on it, and then I'd send it back because he wanted to continue that tradition with his sons. So I drew in oh. Landon. Uh, LJ and then um, um, the other one in the um, in the Navy. Yeah, they all have scriptures. So you can see Honolulu Hawaii Mission on the land in Sikahema. But I made it, you know, with Hawaii stuff in it. And so recently, uh, our new state president, uh, a couple of years ago, their son went on his mission. His name is um, Clayton Chan. And I did a picture of him and his companion uh, proselyting in Kiribati mm -hmm. because they had to walk in between islands and then when the high tide came they're walking up to the neck going back home yeah and so we still share that uh, art talents with you know it's 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 the thing to do yeah people enjoy the art and that's our part of giving back so well that that's great but how, how did you get into that interest i mean you just started doodling or, i mean what drove you to become an artist well, when I was a little boy, my dad used to paint too. He's not taught. He was he was not uh, professionally trained, and he did incredible, incredible art. And I have some pictures of dad's art, so we can go ahead and go to the next slide. This is all the temples I've done. Um, in my house, wow. the first temple was a night scene. I never did a building before, but my temple picture at home was fading, the photograph. So I'm painting. I'm starting to paint in 2009. My daughter's on her mission in the Philippines. We're calling her for Christmas. She sees the painting in the back like this. She goes, oh, daddy, what's that? I said, oh, that's daddy's painting for mom for the house because our other painting, he goes, no, daddy, that's my painting when I get married. <laughs> so I looked at her and I said, uh, you're on your mission right now. I hope you're not thinking about getting married right now. You're supposed to be serving the Lord. She goes, dad, I know. But when I get married, that's my painting. So it's hanging in Provo, Utah right now. And so I did the second painting at the Leia Temple, and um, Breezy saw it. She was on her mission. Dad, that's my painting. That's my painting, Daddy, when I get married. I said, okay, I'll paint Mom another painting. And so that lower right-hand corner, you see Mount Timpanogos. My Kame'e, my last daughter, the twin, just got married a few months ago in the Mount Timpanogos Temple. And so she got that one hanging in her apartment in Provo, Utah. Wow. Yeah. And so the other ones I just did for friends and, and, and family. Oh, these are beautiful. These are beautiful, beautiful paintings. Wow. Thank you, man. Thank you. And we know how special those temples are. And so I didn't do Tahiti yet. Sorry, you Tahitians out there. Sorry about that. Hopefully. Next slide. But this is my dad. This is one of the paintings he did of Keopolani, Kamehameha's sacred wife. 
on behalf of his class of 53, he donated it to the Kamehameha School's girls' dorm that bears her name. Next slide. This is some of my dad's paintings. Wow. This is what I grew up on. Very, very um, powerful uh, to me about ancestors again. Yes. And so I not only had these paintings, but dad used to teach me who these people were. A lot of them were our ancestors. And like in anything, we don't judge our ancestors because they live by a different set of rules. Mm -hmm. We learn from the positive. We leave the negative behind. We learn from that too because all of it was not ice cream and candy. Some of that stuff that went on, we leave behind. Yeah. Yeah. But I learned to love them. And when I started painting, I wanted them to come alive too in my representations. And so I started focusing on historical Hawaiian uh, characters. So next slide. Wow, these are beautiful. My goodness. So recently we were blessed a couple of years ago. This original painting is hanging in the Hawaii Convention Center. When I was working on it, my daughter Kamei had a internship with Punahou School on a project where you have to get a mentor. So of all my children, she's probably better than me as an artist when I was her age. And so I had no, no reservations of her jumping in and helping me finish this painting. And so that's her painting on the big painting. And she got, she got a passing grade from her teachers at Punahou but she helped me with this big painting. Wow, so the original, cool. you can see it. it's at the Hawaii Convention Center uh, up in Honolulu. And we have a, a, a few other paintings in big hotels around uh, Honolulu. Uh, so next slide. So besides, besides your daughter here, are there any other of your children that have taken on that interest in painting? Um, as far as painting, no, but they all have their own um, niche of things that they like. So our oldest son was always good at manga, um, Japanese characters. And then our oldest daughter, she's actually very talented as far as um, throwing clay and making pottery. Yeah. I mean, she only took one class at Kamehameha, but she's really good at it. Um, as far as Breezy, she's also she was talented as far as singing and um mm those kind of things and her brother the my twin son Kamanava he's actually really good at the Hawaiian and he loves to sing yeah. and Kamee is more of she's she's probably going to be you know if she pursues it uh, she's good at at painting yeah she is well that's amazing it's good to see your children taking on the arts and language yeah. and, and you know following the ancestry trail yeah. So we can go through the next couple of slides quickly. I'm looking at our time. I know it's it's winding oh, okay. down. Okay, don't worry about the time, Brooke. Don't worry about it. I'm serious. So when I'm not painting, I'm making stuff too. Um, you can go to the next slide. Okay. A lot of these implements I've made myself. I've been very blessed to learn from the masters. Spent many, many hours, many weekends with Wright Bowman Sr. He was the one that made the hokulea and also the Hawaii Loa, when Yoni wow. Polotu and Kavika Eskaran were building the Yosepa. I got a call from Kent Kahanui. He's in our ward now, but he was the purchaser at BYU. He said, Brooke, because I was selling paint to them for Sinclair Paints for many years. He said, we're stuck on the canoe. We need 
material to paint the bottom and the top. I said, I have spar varnish for the top. And my friend, you can go see for the marine varnish. He goes, but we don't know how to build certain parts. You know anybody that builds canoes? I said, yes, my good friend is Wright Bowman Sr. His mom was a member of the church. He grew up in Kau. He ends up dying at 97 years old, but he's a Hawaiian treasure. I said, he'd be happy to come down and look at your canoe. And so I went to see him after work, and he was excited to go see it. I said, Mr. Bowman, did you hear about the big canoe BYU's building? He says, no, how big? I said, almost 60 feet. He goes, well, bigger. I go, yeah. I go, you want to see it? He says, yeah. So I take him down. The next morning, we go down to BYU. There's a BYU film crew filming us because these are – Tione knew about Mr. Bowman. He's a legend. And Mr. Bowman knew about Tione. He's a legend in his own right. So the great carvers get to meet. Yeah. And, yeah. and Tione goes, uh, can I give you a hug? And Mr. Bowman goes, oh, yeah, yeah. So they hug. And he sees the canoe. It's wonderful. And uh, Brother Poloto asked Mr. Bowman, he says, you know, I built a lot of canoes, but I've never built a Hawaiian canoe with the pola or with the raised platform. Yeah. He yeah. says, Mr. Bowman, you know anything about that? Mr. Bowman says, uh, a little bit. I made the one for Hokulea. Easy. <laughs> it's all you got to do. So he starts to draw with a pencil on the hull of the unfinished canoe. You just got to make your jig like this, like this, like this. So she, uh, Brother Poloto's mind is just going crazy. And Mr. Bowman says, you know what? I'm doing better. I'll make a mini jig at my house in Uwana, my shop. When I'm ready, you guys come. And so we're walking back to the car with Mr. Bowman and Kavika. Escaron grabs me. He goes, brah. We were up all late last night on the computer, looking at computer sites to how to laminate. We didn't know. We were praying. We were fasting. We need to finish the canoe in 12 weeks. How did you know to bring Mr. Bowman this morning? Mm -hmm. I said, Kavika, not me. Heavenly Father knew. That's why he's here. I didn't know you guys was, you know, was praying and so a couple of days later, Mr. Bowman finished. He said, Brooke, call your friends. Tell them come. They came to the, came to his house. I should have put pictures because I took a lot of pictures of that. And he made a mini jig. He showed them how to do it. And they uh, finished the canoe in record time. And Mr. Bowman was a guest of honor when they launched that Yosepa canoe. Yeah. Wow, so he taught me how to make a lot of this. And he gave me some of the wood. So. Wow, that's that's it's it's nice to see. You know, we just had uh, the Pulotus a few weeks ago, and then you shared this story. It's, it's nice to see how it ate, all that all that stuff came together. You oh know, yeah, Yosepa and uh, the relationship that happened during that time. Yeah, wow, wonderful. we were able to finish those yakos. They had to make twelve, so there's twelve yakos that raised the platform, and through Mr. Bowman's help, they were able to do it. So that's pretty neat. But to Mr. to Heavenly Father's help. Yeah. That was accomplished. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. So um, these are some of the paintings I did of some of our ali'i in Hawaii. Um, these are the men. You can go to the next slide, the women. They're all important. And this is a uh, genealogy chart I made of Kamehameha the Great using some of my paintings. The, the next slide. Wow. So you're not going to see stuff like this. I mean, it's nobody's doing stuff like this. I really enjoy it. It's a great time when I lecture uh, to the kids and to different people when I'm asked to speak. They have a good, warm, fuzzy feeling about my presentations, my, my slideshow. But all it is, 
They're getting gospel principles. That's all it is. Yeah. And I, I know that the Spirit is, is touching hearts. And and it's that promise made in uh, Malachi, turning the hearts of the children to the fathers. That's I'm doing my little part in helping in this part of the vineyard. That's all I'm doing. And so this is a uh, next slide, next two slides. Next so three you slides. Said they, they ask you to speak at certain uh, venues. So yeah, we where speak is a lot. Uh, in two weeks, I'm going up to Kamehameha Schools for the, this is probably the maybe the eighth year. I, I go ahead and uh, I teach all the seven graders. I give them a a class in painting. I, I bring one of my Hawaiian helmets, but I talk about the creative process and I talk about talents and how they need to identify what they like to do. And I said, being a good listener is a talent because you have a lot of friends. You don't have to be like Uncle Brooke, an artist, or be able to play a music, or maybe grandpa was a good fisherman. You can catch, you know. I said, those are all talents. I said, what you need to do is identify your talent, improve it, and share it with others. Right. I said, that what makes the ancestors really happy when you're able to do that. And we talk about Hawaii. And I share this with the kids. I said, when I said, Uncle Brooke is not very well traveled, but when I travel to different places and I tell them I'm from Hawaii, that always brings a smile to people's faces. <laughs> and I said, why is that? I said, you know, there's other beautiful beaches, mountains, and other places in the world. But I said, I believe the beauty of this place is the people. It's the Aloha spirit. Yeah. It's our ancestors. We love and revere them. We respect them. They might not be here physically. They never left spiritually. And that's what makes this place special, I believe. That's why people fall in love with Hawaii. There's something about it. That's why. So uh, next slide, please. So this is a genealogy chart. One of my uncles worked at Kamehameha Schools, and so he had access to a huge plotter. This is over eight foot long. And so he made this chart for me, me and Drina on the bottom with our families. Her line is red. My line is blue. But I decided to put all my pictures in it because there was a lot of white spaces. I had this chart for over 20 years, but it was just blank. And so I made copies and I made one version for uh, our different Hawaiians. You can go to the next slide where I replaced the family pictures with just uh, other paintings. And so this is a slide at the Family History Center in Kalihi because I made them some copies too. When people come in, uh, they want to do their Hawaiian lines. They have access to stuff like that. And then the next slide, please. This is amazing. So we were asked to do a uh, family history display. At a, we had a family history uh, day at our stake center, and this was our display. So I had my books uh, of remembrance I did when I came home from my mission um, and, and different things we made, but just sharing about importance of family history and honoring our ancestors. Wow. That Next slide. Now, I started painting in 2009. I did this painting of Imai Kalani, the blind chief of Kau in 2014. When I was a little boy, I read Daddy's uh, library, uh, Samuel Kamakau's Ruling Chiefs. I think page 98 talks about this guy. He was blind. He lived in Kau in the 1500s. He trained ducks to spot for him in battle. And they go, quack, 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 boss, he's on your right side, the enemy. And so he could throw five ihe with each hand. He was greatly feared, but very loved by the people of Kau. So I wanted to paint the famous blind chief, Imai Kalani. I did so in 2014. In 2016, I got a call from this lady. Her name is Jana Raposa, that's her picture. She said, I was on the internet 
and I found this picture of my tutu man. Are you the artist? I said, yeah. She goes, do you have prints? I want to buy one. She drove all the way from Waianae. She bought a print. A couple of weeks later, she called me back. She found a picture of her ancestor, Daniel E. Michaelani. That's his picture over there. She said, how do you know that's how we look like? Wow. I said, I didn't know. But I said, Jana, this is not the first time I've gotten help. I said, our ancestors come to me in dreams. And sometimes I know BYU has a Hawaiian section, and I know Aloha really well, Aloha Houseman. She's a dear friend of our family. Mm -hmm. But sometimes when I'm in the Hawaiian community, I'm looked down upon because I don't speak fluent Hawaiian. I tried. I went to UH night school, but it just didn't stick. My kids speak. But I tell those guys, I said, I show my Hawaiian-ness in the, in the pictures I paint. I said, when our ancestors come visit me, I said, I don't use any words. It's all mental. I know exactly what they're saying, and they know exactly what I'm saying. And I, read, I heard a talk by one of the general authorities. He said the same thing, how our loved ones communicate with us sometimes. And I said, so I know I don't speak Hawaiian. But I know they know what I'm saying, and I know what they're saying. So I just wanted to share that. And then the last picture, and this is the last story I share. I did this picture of a great eight generals or defenders of Oahu. When Maui came to invade, they knew they weren't strong enough. The Maui king Kahikili wanted the ivory at Kualoa. The great whales used to come die there on the windward side. He wanted that ivory lands. That's how they got represents Kanaloa. It's very hard to get. And so Maui comes, they send 600 uh, warriors as an exploratory to just poke around. These eight generals did a commando raid the next, or early the next morning. The Maui invaders were camped at Waikiki, Apuakeaoheo, by Kapilani Park. There was a battle that raged for maybe uh, three, four hours, and they were all successful. They killed hundreds and hundreds of Maui defender, uh, invaders. They never heard of Sparta. They never saw the movie 300. We had our own version. Later, when the Maui Kings comes with his huge flotilla, they actually do very well in defending Oahu. They kill one of Kahikili's favorite generals, which causes the great Maui King to snap. He commits genocide and burns your house, grandma, grandpa, dad, mom, siblings, your pet dog, cat, your goldfish, all burned. The Oahu lines come to an end. When Kamehameha invades Oahu a few, leaks, a few years later, that's all the Maui guys here. All the Oahu lines come to an end. If you're lucky to escape and change your name, which some of them did, you survive. But you don't hear about Oahu chiefs anymore after that invasion. I did the painting in 2014, finished it. It was hanging in my booth at the Oahu, at the Hawaii convention. It's a four-day event. You got Kanakas from Kauai to Kau there, and they talk about Hawaiian issues and stuff. On the last day of the event, a gentleman walks in my booth early in the morning. He points to the man in the middle. He says, that's Pupuka. And I said, yeah. I said, how in the world did you know that? I said, Maui is embarrassed by this story. You got to dig in the history books to find it. They're not going to admit eight guys kick 600 guys of colleagues. They're not going to admit that. You got a dig for that story. And you come in my boot and you tell me that's Popuka. How do you know that? He said, that's my name. 
I said, your name is Pupuka. Now, Hawaiians call you Pupuka means you're ugly, but you're not ugly. They name you that so the evil spirits don't bother that baby. You're a beautiful child. It's a curveball for the evil spirits, but that was his name. He said, that's my name. That's my tutu man. Wow. And I said, um, I saw you putting it up the first day. He said, I was talking to my tutu man. And I said, what you mean, bro? He said, they were in your booth. They were all here looking at your painting. And I went, wow. I said, and? He said, they loved it. It's the first time somebody's telling their story. He said, you're the artist. I go, yeah. He said, you know who Popoka was? I go, not really. I, I know he was one of the warriors. He said, Popoka was Kahana's son. Kahana was the king of Oahu. But that Popoka was his idea to do the commando raid. They die, they die. They're going to defend Oahu. He said, uh, my great grandfather looks just like the guy in the middle. How you know that's how we look like? Again, yeah. Said, yeah. That's not me, bro. I don't know. He said, nobody ever painted that before. Why did you paint that? I said, my baby girl got into Punahou. I'm watching the football balls play. They have the O on the side of the helmet with the wings. I said, my grandpa, them used to be Palama Settlement, Flying P. I said, brother, what is that? He said, uncle, in the old days, we used to be Oahu College. But all the men's team were known as the Sons of Oahu. I said, no. I know a story of the real Sons of Oahu, and it's time to paint it. And so that's why I painted it. Oh, my goodness. So in conclusion, I get guys come to my booth. They tell me, oh, bro, that's my ancestor, you know. We come from that royal line, you know. And they're all big, dantaran. I said, wonderful, bro. But can I ask you some questions now? You go, yeah. I said, uh, are you married? You go, yeah. I said, are you a good husband? You good to your kids? Are you a good employee? I said, brother, when we talk about the ancestors, those accomplishments belong to them. That's not you. That's not you. I said, but what kind of ancestor are you going to be when they talk about you? I said, I don't care how much money you get in a bank, how big your car, how big your house. That doesn't mean anything to me. Are you a good person? Are you a good husband? Are you a good father? Those are important characteristic traits. We honor and reflect on our ancestors, but remember, those accomplishments belong to them. They can help us in doing what we can do to be positive and give back in our communities with our own talents in our own time, but we honor them by living a good life because we all know, and I know I'll have an accountability report with my great grandfather. And he's gonna ask me, bro, what you did with the Parker last name, mm -hmm. what you did. I don't wanna sh shame and hide. I wanna tell him I, I tried to honor my priesthood. I tried to serve my, my community and my fellow men. I tried to share my talents in art to help those stories stick. I'm thankful and grateful for those talents that we've all been blessed with, for the opportunity that we had today, that I cannot do it without my wife, all the busy callings in church and the balance yeah. cannot be done without a faithful spouse. And I'm thankful and grateful for her that our marriage is for eternity. <laughs> for this opportunity we had to share with you this day, and I leave that with you. Sacred name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Brooke.
Thank you so much, Trina. Thank you for the spirit that you bring to our podcast today and the love that you have for our Father in Heaven and our Savior and and for your family and for your ancestors. We really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you appreciate the time that you spent. And um, if there's any last advice that you'd like to share, you know, with our local kids that are looking to, you know, move on in life, whether it's education or whether it's their spiritual progression or, you know, things that they should be doing, you know, is there anything that you want to share with them before we close? Uh, I um, just wanted to share that, you know, for the Parkers, we've always been big on education and more so because we want our children. Um, ours did not go to BYU-Hawaii. They went to BYU-Provo and Utah State. But that was also an opportunity for our, our children because they went to Kamehameha and they were here all their lives. It was an opportunity for them to see a bigger range of environment and also to now become the minority in Utah instead of the majority in Hawaii. And so they've had to learn to navigate. Um, me growing up in Phoenix, I, I know exactly what prejudice is, but I wanted my children, our children to see there's a bigger world and how they could go to Utah, get their educations. But then also my hope someday is that they'll be able to come back to Hawaii and give back to the community. And um, I grew up thinking I was a coconut because I was Hawaiian, but I was not raised here. So there was that like sense of missing, but I always loved Hawaii. I loved the feeling. I loved the Aloha spirit. And I loved my, my grandparents and our, my ancestors. So I wanted our children to feel that sense of wanting to come back. And I also know unless they have a good education, they're not going to be able to afford a house. I mean, it's so expensive here. And um, in order for them to survive and be able to give back to, the, to our community and those kind of things, they needed to go away for a little while to learn who they were. And also, um, we're hoping someday they come back, but um, right now they're just in that education mode and we're grateful. We're grateful for BYU and for the opportunities that it gives us for our, our, our chances to go to BYU for a little while and, and to kind of navigate. Bro, both Brooke and I did not graduate. Um, I decided to get married. So, um, and then from, from BYU, I got a job at Kintetsu because I spoke Japanese. And then we started our family after that. But Brooke has taken his art and just really ran with it. And we're, I'm grateful because I'm the business side of our relationship so that it worked for our family. And we've been able to, I mean, it's been a while and we've been able to um, navigate the Native Hawaiian art. And, and we've met wonderful people who have helped us and he's able to, you know, I don't know if you didn't get this through this video, Brooke's passion for, for what he does is there. And it's that passion and him wanting to share and connecting those things. I think our ancestors are really happy that their stories are being told, not the ones that are usually in the book, but stuff that needs to be told that has not been yet. And so that's what, our niche has been in Hawaii and I'm grateful for my husband and for his service in the church and being able to raise our family in the gospel. Really quickly, uh, just to add on to my wife, and this is in a nutshell, this is for all the BYU students are, are starting their little families. 
above and beyond your vocational goals, your um, educational goals. Always remember, remember the first great commandment. It's what you teach your kids first, to love God first, to build a special relations, personal relationship with him first. Mommy and daddy are going to be happy. But if you learn to love Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ, because you love them, you don't want to make them sad. You're going to make good choices because you want to make them happy. Like the Savior, he always did those things that did please his Father. That's what he says. And every time you hear Heavenly Father speak, this is my beloved son. And that love, if you can teach your kids that first and foremost, and then also the second great commandment to love your fellow men, you would have been a successful parent. Thank you again to both of you. We want you to know how much we love and appreciate you. And appreciate the spirit that you've shared today. Appreciate your love for your art and what you do. And the love that you have in, in helping others and serving others. And you're right, Brooke. I mean, whether you get a formal education or no formal education, we're all being educated. And we all are accountable for that education to serve one another. So I appreciate you sharing your forgiving heart and uh, the example that you are. Thank you. Love you guys too, brother. Love you guys too. And I've always felt that when I served in the uh, Honolulu West Stakes with you and uh, and uh, our brethren there. So I'm grateful for the uh, example that you shared with me as well. So thank you. Uh, before we sign off, if you look off to your right there or your left, you see some Folks chiming in from everywhere. We have Esther wow. Medikini here from all the way from New Zealand. She said, wow. wow, beautiful artwork. Such a talent that blesses all of us. So true. So true. That's a bucket list for me. Love to visit my Kiwi cousin someday. That started with Anapata getting me uh, a chance to my Maori cousins. Huh? So. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We have, uh, let's see, uh, William Mahoney. Yeah, another uh person oh, him well. that's, my, that's my that's my friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what an incredible wealth of knowledge. So awesome, so true. Luann Weld Weld Wild, beautiful presentation. My heart has been touched. I certainly felt the spirit. Thank you so much and aloha. We served at BYU Hawaii 9899 and made the Church College of Hawaii quilt. Oh, I wow. left it there. Aloha. Thank you, wow. Luan. So, you. as you can, as you both can see, there are people from all over uh, here that are sharing you the love that you folks have shared today. So, when you have time from now on, you know, take a look at that. Not only for today, but weeks to come, because not everybody's watching today. They'll watch it tomorrow. They'll watch it next week, two weeks from now, and they'll be able to comment and share their thoughts and their love for what you have presented to us today. So thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for having me. You guys have a good weekend. <laughs> okay. So as we sign off, we want to once again thank uh, Brooke and Drina Parker for sharing their uh, the time with us, their family, their ancestors, and the beautiful artwork. Wow. What, what great talent. What great story. What great spirit. So thank you again. Uh, before we sign off, just a reminder of our... Uh, uh, of our guests uh, next week. Uh, let's see. We have Laurie Manutai that will be joining us next week, uh, Monday, uh, for our Mentoring Monday. And then next week, uh, Friday, we'll have Kuda and uh, Dave Tovey uh, that will be joining us um, 
on uh, let's see, actually on March 8, uh, 11th, because we have our APCC conference next week, Friday. We won't have our Aloha Friday um, podcast next week, but the following week we'll have uh, Kura and Davey and Dave Tovey join us. So thank you all again for uh, jo uh, joining us today um, here in Hawaii, Laie, Hawaii. What a beautiful uh, day it is outside. So we wanted to thank all of you that uh, joined us from everywhere, whether it's from the Pacific or Asia or up in the mainland or even here at home in Hawaii. Thank you for your time. And again, remind you to join us. Get into Ohana Network through the uh, link there and uh, update your profile so we can all stay in touch and be able to work in our uh, various uh, chapters to support our students that are coming to BYU Hawaii and helping those that are coming home after their educational journey here at BYU, BYU Hawaii. So mahalo for joining us today. Have a wonderful weekend and aloha. <laughs>